0: We open our Bibles together tonight. First of all in the book of Numbers, Old Testament book of Numbers, chapter 27. We read the 11 verses, first 11, and then we'll turn to Numbers 36. We're going to continue our brief summer series on the unsung heroes of the Christian of faith in the Bible, that is those who Are listed in Hebrews 11 but certainly are examples to us of faith and we're looking tonight at the daughters of Zelophehad. So opening our Bibles together, God's Word in Numbers 27. Numbers 26 has been the census or the numbering of the men And families of Israel, as they're about to enter into Canaan, the land is going to be divided according to the male descendants. Each male descendant will receive a portion of land. Chapter 27. Then came the daughters of Zelophehad, the son of Hefer, the son of Gilead, the son of Maker, the son of Manasseh, of the families of Manasseh, the son of Joseph. And these are the names of his daughters, Mala, Noah, Hogla, Milcah, and Tirzah. And they stood before Moses and before Eleazar the priest and before the princes and all the congregation by the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, saying, Our father died in the wilderness. He was not in the company of them that gathered themselves against the Lord in the company of Korah, but died in his own sin and had no sons. Why should the name of our father be done away from among his family? Because he hath no son. Give unto us therefore a possession among the brethren of our father and Moses brought their cause before the Lord and the Lord spake unto Moses saying the daughters of Zelophehad speak right thou shalt surely give them a possession of an inheritance among their father's brethren and thou shalt cause the inheritance of their father to pass to them and thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel, saying, if a man die and have no son, then ye shall cause his inheritance to pass to his daughters. And if ye have no daughter, then ye shall give his inheritance to his brethren. And if ye have no brethren, then ye shall give his inheritance to his father's brethren. And if his father have no brethren, then ye shall give his inheritance unto his kinsmen that is next to him of his family and he shall possess it and it shall be unto the children of Israel a statue of judgment as the Lord commanded Moses now we turn to numbers 36 the last chapter of numbers Israel now is at the plains of Moab and they're going to pass over into the promised land of Canaan over the Jordan just before that happens We read the following in Numbers 36. And the chief fathers of the families of the children of Gilead, the son of Machar, the son of Manasseh, of the families of the son of Joseph, came near and spake before Moses and before the princes, the chief fathers of the children of Israel, and they said, The Lord commanded my Lord to give the land for an inheritance by lot to the children of Israel. And my Lord was commanded by the Lord to give the inheritance of Zelophehad, our brother, unto his daughters. And if they be married to any of the sons of the other tribes of the children of Israel, then shall their inheritance be taken from the inheritance of our fathers, and shall be put to the inheritance of the tribe, whereunto they are received." so shall it be taken from the lot of our inheritance. And when the jubilee of the children of Israel shall be, then shall their inheritance be put unto the inheritance of the tribe, whereunto they are received, so shall their inheritance be taken away from the inheritance of the tribe of our fathers. And Moses commanded the children of Israel, according to the word of the Lord, saying, The tribe of the sons of Joseph hath said, Well, this is the thing which the Lord doth command concerning the daughters of Zelophehad, saying, Let them marry to whom they think best. Only to the family of the tribe of their father shall they marry. So shall not the inheritance of the children of Israel remove from tribe to tribe, for every one of the children of Israel shall keep himself to the inheritance of the tribe of his fathers. And every daughter that possesses an inheritance in any of the tribe of the children of Israel shall be wife unto one of the family of the tribe of her father, that the children of Israel may enjoy every man the inheritance of his fathers. Neither shall the inheritance remove from one tribe to another tribe, but every one of the tribes of the children of Israel shall keep himself to his own inheritance. Even as the Lord commanded Moses, so did the daughters of Zelophehad. For Mala, Tirzah, Hoglah, and Milcah, and Noah, the daughters of Zelophehad were married unto their fathers, brothers, sons and they were married into the families of the sons of Manasseh, the son of Joseph, and their inheritance remained in the tribe of the family of their father. These are the commandments and judgments which the Lord commanded by the hand of Moses unto the children of Israel in the plains of Moab by Jordan near Jericho. We pray that God will give us understanding in his word and that he will write it upon our hearts. We're looking at some of the children of God in the Bible who are unnoticed and unknown. We would call them unsung. There is no song recorded of their deeds. There's no song like, Dare to be a Daniel. There's no song like, Who Built the Ark? Brother Noah built the ark. There's no song. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. Or even in the Psalter, there's no words like, God, remember David, how he made thy house his care. Or Moses pled the promised grace and turned God's wrath away. There are songs sung about the heroes of faith in Hebrews 11. They are remembered But there are many who have no song sung about them, but must be remembered. And among them are five daughters of a man called Zelophehad, Mala, Noah, Milcah, Tirzah, and Hogla. Did you know their names? God did. And they possessed a marvelous true, bold faith in Jesus Christ, in God's promises. And so the two points that I tried to make two Sabbaths ago about these unsung heroes of faith, the two points of a true faith, again, are true faith does not call attention to itself and to its deeds, but true faith always calls attention to Christ and his deeds. And secondly, true faith does not look for a great moment to act. But true faith lives moment by moment to serve God. So who are these five daughters of Zelophehad? Did you know about them? What makes them so remarkable? What makes their faith so beautiful? What makes their faith so inspiring to us tonight? If we don't know the answer to those questions, then the fault cannot be laid at the Bible because Zelophehad and his five daughters are mentioned five times in the Old Testament Scriptures, and four of those times, the names of each daughter is mentioned these women have their name mentioned in sacred scripture four times by name and when god lists names and repeats names and repeats names four time he's saying take notice this is important what they did is very important for you tonight the five daughters of Zelophehad lived as orphans in the wilderness for maybe as many as forty years as God's people were in the wilderness until all above twenty had died they were orphans because sometime during that time their father Zelophehad died we don't read about their mother And now the chapter is emphasizing that in chapter 26, a census of all the families of Israel in their tribes has been taken, the heads of the families and the sons of the families. And according to this census, God is going to distribute the land of Canaan. But their name and the name of their father is not recorded in the census and therefore they would not receive land. But these young women come forward to request and to claim that they have, by God's grace, an inheritance in Canaan. They lay hold upon the promises of God in Jesus Christ, and their faith was so great that it determined who they would marry and where they would live. Their faith said, we want the company of God's people. We want the inheritance of salvation in Jesus Christ. We want to live our lives in fellowship with God. We want this so much that it squeezed out every other desire. So I call your attention tonight for a few moments to the faith of the daughters of Zelophehad. What was it that their faith wanted? What lessons does their faith teach us? And how they inspire us. The faith of the daughters of Zelophehad, as I just mentioned, wanted to possess an inheritance of land in the the land of Canaan along with their tribe And they wanted that inheritance, not just for themselves, but for the sake of their father's name to be continued and for their future generations, for their children. But, as I was explaining, at the end of chapter, Numbers 26, as matters stood, they would not receive any inheritance. They would not receive a possession. In Chapter 26, Israel, as they're on the verge now, after 40 years in the wilderness, of entering into the land of Canaan, God has commanded Moses to take a census of the people, which census will be used to distribute, by lot, the the country of Canaan. Now we must bear in mind, in the Book of Numbers, if you're acquainted with it, that this is the second inherit, second census that Moses has been commanded to take. In the opening chapters, he takes a census shortly after they had left the land of Egypt. He numbered the people then. But that was the generation that refused to enter into the land of Canaan. That was the generation who a year after leaving Egypt, as they're standing before the borders of Canaan, Listen to the report of the twelve of the ten unbelieving spies, not Joshua and Caleb, and they say, we can't enter this land. They do not enter in because of unbelief. The scriptures say they limited God. They said, we don't stand a chance of receiving this inheritance. God can't give this inheritance. And God commanded them back into the wilderness, tell everyone over 20, had died, they shall not enter," said God, Psalm ninety-five. "They shall not enter my rest." But now, some forty years later, that generation being dead, a new census is made. And so we read in chapter twenty-six, verse one: "It came to pass after the plague that the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Eleazar." take the sum of the congregation of the children of Israel from 20 years old and upward throughout their fathers, all that are able to go to war. And so they take that census, and then God says, if you're following me in Numbers chapter 26, they take the census, and then at verse 53, unto the Lord spake to Moses, saying, unto these, unto the ones you have just numbered, shall be divided for an inheritance according to the number of the names. These are the ones, this census on that paper, are the ones who will receive an inheritance. But their father, Zelophehad, who had title to an inheritance, was dead. He would receive nothing and his only descendants, he had no male descendant, he had only his four daughters. Their faith wanted, their faith coveted possession in the land of Canaan. They wanted their name listed among the people of God and as those who receive the inheritance of his fellowship his covenant, and his salvation. It was not a carnal desire for land. They don't come forward before the leaders of the people because they believe that they've just been written off the will, and they're indignant, and they don't get any land or any portion of land that everybody else is getting. getting. That is not what is motivating them. Their concern was not covetousness. So what I'm saying is that they are not coming to Moses like a brother came to the Lord Jesus in Luke chapter 12 and said, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. They weren't coming to a spiritual authority to settle a civil matter. They weren't doing that. But this was a spiritual matter to them. For the land of Canaan was the land of promise. It was the picture of the inheritance that we receive through the suffering and death of Christ, of being called into God's family. It's a picture of heaven itself. Hebrews chapter 11, the heroes of faith. These all died in faith. Not having received the promises but having seen them afar off, and confess that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare that they seek a country, and the country that they seek is a better country, even in heavenly, a higher city whose builder and maker is God. Canaan, an inheritance in Canaan, was the Old Testament picture of union to Jesus Christ, fellowship with the living and only God, membership in the church of Jesus Christ, the body that inherits all things through Jesus Christ. They wanted that. That's what they wanted. They're not simply upset because they're written out of dad's will. They haven't just discovered that dad has five acres of property in Arizona or New Mexico filled with rocks and weeds. Or that dad has up north a cabin and he hasn't told us about it And he's written us out of the will and he's only going to give it to our brothers. That's not what's going on here. What's going on here is these women want with all their heart a place and a name with the people of God. They want to belong to the church of God. They want to inherit all the gospel of God's grace in Jesus Christ. That's what they want. And for them, under these circumstances, they would not receive that sign of membership. So they came to Moses, to Eliezer the priest. They came to the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, a very solemn place. They came in faith. They did not have an advocate to come with them. They had no one who could do this for them. But they came, and they came drawn because of faith in the promises of God. And they came to the place where God had promised to reveal his will and to provide for the poor and for the needy. They are not feminist. They are not simply saying the whole system is man organized. It's got to be all rewritten. The way Jehovah is doing this is wrong. The way he governs his church is wrong. They are not feminists. But they're fearless. They're fearless in a true faith, they're humble. They're respectful, but they are determined because they believe that their claim is a claim given to them by grace through faith, that this is intended for them. And so Moses and Eleazar and the elders at the door of the congregation realize this is a very weighty question we must have god's answer to this question and so they go to god they bring the case before god and god responds in verse 7 of numbers 27 the daughters of Zelophehad speak right they are speaking correct thou shalt cause the inheritance of their father to pass to them and then god lists all the other eventualities of the death of a male descendant, how that inheritance in the tribe would stay in the tribe and would be given to the nearest, finally, to the nearest relative if there's no surviving spouse, surviving heir, that inheritance has to be given to the nearest kindred or relative in the tribe that can be found. And the point that God makes is the inheritance, and this is important, must be kept in the family. In the family, from generation to generation, because he's a covenant-keeping God. And he passes down from father to son, from father to daughter, from daughter from mother to daughter, from mother to son. He passes these things down, this inheritance, in his covenant. But at the end of chapter 27, the matter still is not finished because the tribe of Manasseh, the elders of the tribe of Manasseh, who are not opposed to this ruling, not opposed to it at all, they're not opposed to the daughter's request. They support their request, but they have something that has not been considered And their question that they come to Moses with as they're about to enter into the land of Canaan is, what happens if a girl receives this inheritance, which is hers? What happens if she marries outside the tribe of Manasseh? And according to the Old Testament Mosaic legislation, the title of the land would pass from father to son so that her husband, perhaps one of these girls, five girls, perhaps one of them finds a likely young man from Benjamin. Perhaps another hits it off well and falls in love with a man from Ephraim or from Zebulun, and they get married. Does that mean that her inheritance now is listed under her husband's so that now he holds that inheritance which was given to the tribe of Manasseh. Is that the way, that's the way it would work according to the legislations that God had given to this point to Moses. And not only would it work that way, we would say innocently that one of these young ladies would fall into into love with a man from another tribe God's providence would lead them to that but there would also be the problem of sinful motives on the side side of a man who would Isaiah 5 verse 8 puts it this way would join field to field and house to house that he would find the widow would find such a girl who had received the inheritance in another tribe and marry her for the purpose of expanding his own earthly possessions. That could happen too. And so God reveals to Moses that this must not happen. The inheritance must not move out of tribe But the girls must marry as they deem best. You still, when you maintain your inheritance, the decision of who you marry will be yours. But for them it must be in the tribe of Manasseh. They must marry with a view to maintaining their heritage. What did they want? They wanted for themselves, for their father's name, and for any children that they would have a place among the people of God the church, the promises of God, the truth of God. They wanted identification, membership among the people of God because that's where their life was. Do you want this? Does your heart want this as a woman? as a young woman. Do you want this? Do you want to be known as a woman here, as a friend of God, member of the inheritance that is belonging to Jesus Christ, a member in his church? Do you want this? We could put it we could put it negatively perhaps or a better way to put it is to ask this question what do you not, tonight, what do you as a young man What do you as a young woman not want to miss out on? What is it that you don't want to be excluded from? Fear of missing out. What is the fear of missing out that you have in life? What don't you want to miss out on? Good times, things, the love of a man, the love of a woman happiness as you define it? What is it that you would pray, Lord, please never take this from me. Don't ever take this from me. What pops up in your heart and soul? Is it this, Lord? Never take from me the promises of thy covenant, the identification as being thy friend, My place among the people of God in the church. The inheritance of salvation that I have in Christ. My fellow Christians, don't ever take them from me. What is it that you want, that I want? Do we want honor? Do we want recognition? Do we want success? Is this the thing that's in our heart and squeezing other things out of our heart so that there's no other room? Do you want your own will? Do you want to travel? Do you want your dream life? Do we all want our dream life? We want our dream husband, dream wife. What is it that's in the middle that keeps pushing all other wants out of your heart? Is it this? I want the promises of my God in Christ. I want to be known as a member of his people. Such a want that pushes other desires, always pushes them out and to the sideline, not to control my life. But this one thing controls my life, to have a place and a name with the people of God, to be known as his daughter, and son in this present evil world. That's what I want. They are teaching us true faith. They are teaching us the boldness and the confidence of faith in the promises of God. Note with me that they make the request on the east side of Jordan. They haven't gone into Canaan. There's not one inch of the land of Canaan that Israel could say is ours at this point. It is unconquered. No sword has been drawn. They, even, they haven't even seen yet the, at this point the river Jordan. It is in the possession of the heathen. And now think of the generation 40 years before who came to the same place as they did and took a look at the heathen in Canaan and said, No way. We can't do this. That is not any less a reality, it is more. If the wicked were strong 40 years ago, now in strong cities, now they got walls so big they're living on top of the city. The point is they did not possess it, but these five girls are talking like they did. They don't say, if, by the way, we happen to get there, should that work out someday, we'd like to have an inheritance in that. No. That's our possession. Well, how do you own it? Because God said it. And if God has said it, if he has promised it, then it's ours. That's true faith. What he has promised me, even though I don't see it, grace and strength and all the blessings of his covenant even though I might at times wonder about them they are mine they are persuaded that what God has promised me he will also surely give to me that's faith faith Hebrews 1 Hebrews 11 verse 1 faith Is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. They relied upon God when apparently it was all hopeless. The numbering that Jehovah had commanded in chapter 26 excluded them. It did. What were they to do? They relied on God. They turned to God in their troubles. They followed God's way to go to the leaders of the church, to bring this to them. God was putting their faith to a test. When apparently his promises, his presence is denied us, his goodness, we feel we're written out of his goodness. It's not for me. How can it be for me? Look at this. There's the paper. Can't you see? I'm written out. That's a test. That's a test for faith. What did they do? They went to God. They trusted God. They laid their case before God. And God kept them. But their faith is not only bold, but their faith is also very personal and intense. True faith is personal. There's nothing complacent about these These young ladies, there's nothing of indifference. There's nothing saying, well, whatever, I guess we're not going to have this. But they are intent. They are devoted. They are convicted. These promises, they believe, are theirs. This is what held sway in their heart they were going to lay hold of eternal life in Jesus Christ and their passion was also seen in their love for the inheritance that their father it was their father and mother after all through whom they had come to know these things and it was the name of their father they they weren't young women who saying anything that has to do with what my parents had or my dad had should be thrown out as outdated and irrelevant for me I'll find my own way no their father had was dear to them they say he died in his own sins they mean by that He was not part of that rebellion that refused to enter the land of Canaan. He was not part of a further rebellion when Korah tried to take over the leadership of Israel. He was not part of that. He was not guilty of rebellion against God. He was a God-fearing man. He died in his own sins. They knew him. He was a sinful man. He bore his own sins. That he had to struggle against and fight against. But nevertheless. Through that man. That sinful man who loved them. And showed his love for them in the names. Look up the names of these five young women for yourself. In the names that he gave them. Showed that he loved them because they were given to him of God. Sinful man that he was. And they valued him. Faith values, the heritage that God gives us through sinful means, weak, but repentant, humble, men of God who prove that they're not going to live in rebellion against God as the loaf And then note, this lesson that their faith directed their choice in the most practical way of who they would marry and where they would live. The choice of who you marry is determined by your inheritance, your spiritual inheritance. You must marry Note the words, let them marry to whom they think best. I mentioned a few things about that. No arranged marriage. It doesn't hurt to listen to what your parents say. It doesn't hurt to listen to them. But no arranged marriage, that's as you think best, and that's wise. God calls you to make that decision before him in prayer as you think best but marriage always within your inheritance a man who shares your inheritance not outside of your inheritance not just over the border into the world not so close but not really sharing this inheritance not committed to this inheritance Perhaps grew up in the inheritance, but doesn't really care about the inheritance, but one who shares in his soul the same spiritual inheritance that you have. That's God's direction for how we find our mate. As you deem best, prayerfully, carefully, carefully, but in. Your inheritance and that's God's direction as to where you live in your inheritance not geographically not Western Michigan there are no geographics here but you live in your inheritance that is where people are who share your Christian faith and your love for your inheritance the reformed God glorifying wonderful truth of Holy Scripture. These five girls inspire us. We could spend further time elaborating on this because this is very important, but the five daughters of Zelophehad, if you study it carefully, you will see that these five daughters take a very important place in the book of Numbers. I've been telling you that there were two numberings, the first numbering right after Egypt, of a generation that did not enter into Canaan, though God brought them to the footstep of it because of unbelief. They didn't believe. And now we have the next generation at the same point standing at the doorstep of Canaan. Will they enter in? Is there an example, before they enter in, of faith? Yes. Where? Five young women. Five young women who are not saying, it's too hard. It can't be done. We would really prefer the accommodations in Egypt. They have walled cities. God's promises, really you want to believe in them, fine, but God's promises are impossible. No. They are standing in faith. The five daughters of Zelophehad are the contrast to the whole generation that did not enter in because of unbelief. They are the antithesis to it. These five daughters, says God, speak Right. They have the heart of the matter. They believe the promises of God. They are willing to put their whole life on these promises in Jesus Christ. They are inspiring. At this point, this crucial point to underscore. That by grace, we enter into the inheritance. By grace, Israel enters into Canaan through faith, the gift of faith. To illustrate that point, God does not raise up Moses. Moses is not going to enter the land of Canaan because he disobeyed God. God does not raise up at this point Joshua to be the leader in the statement of this faith. He raises up five unknown, unsung heroes of faith. Mala, Noah, Tirza, Hogla, and Milka. Unknown, but examples, inspiring examples. Wonderful examples. An example which says to us tonight, you have a home. You're on the verge of going home. You have an inheritance, an inheritance of spiritual gold. Walk by faith. Lay hold of it. Pass over. And take hold of your inheritance in Jesus Christ. God, give us that faith. Amen. Father, we thank Thee for the Scriptures. We pray that we may study them carefully. We pray pray that we may see their wonders. That we may see the life of faith drawn for us. And the life of faith drawn for us as both women and men and as young women, especially in these daughters of Zelophehad. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.